Welcome to the eighth, or no, wait, it's uh, no, it's eighth <laughs> episode of the Double Dribbling Podcast. With me, this is not a solo episode. We're back to the usual. Uh, with me, uh, Lennox Stewart, your co-host. Um, at oh my goodness, I keep on saying your uh, your Twitter handle in my head. At Knox Thoughts on Twitter, and we have Jackson, the co-host, not Jackson. Oh my God, I am struggling today. Austin Roosh is my co-host. I knew that. Um, <laughs> he is at that sports guy 79 on Twitter. Hit us up if you want to talk about your team or just anything related to basketball. Okay, this is a rough start. Let's go. Um, <laughs> we have breaking news today, which just will probably get released tomorrow. Um, Mike D'Antoni is going to be an assistant on the Nets. Now, that is interesting because Mike D'Antoni was the coach of Steve Nash on the Suns and I believe on the Lakers. So that is interesting because they ran a really weird offense, which was the seven second offense. And it was very fast. It was very flowing. And Steve Nash was the head of that. So I wanted to talk with you about if the, um, if Mike D'Antoni coming on is going to re- relate to the Nets having this fast kind of weird quirky offense that, um, Mike D'Antoni seems to really, really like because he likes small ball. He likes all that stuff. So do you think they're going to incorporate that that kind of fast uh, beach it to the basket kind of um, offense? I think they will because you were talking about how um, like you there's got to be someone who calls the plays because they got two new coaches and Stoudemire and Steve Nash. So yeah. I think he's going to be mainly the one who calls plays and runs okay. the offense. It's going to be interesting if he wants to still run that small ball that's gross. Yeah. I, but I, I think don't... the offense isn't – it's pretty effective. But also, he had James Harden, which mm-hmm. – yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think I, it can work, though, with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Yeah, if if they can incorporate it well. But I just – I've never seen, like, Kyrie and KDB put in that position to make their offense super fast. Like, they're both isolation players who are just like pushing the ball on their own and they're not necessarily passing, getting to the room really quick. There's no fast possessions when they're on the court. So if they're, if they're going to be taught that and they're going to be pushed to learn this new style uh, right on for them, I think it'll be very interesting. And I think it kind of changes their aspect of like where they rank, if they can uh, fully um, like, utilize the speedy offense because we don't really see a lot of teams with that crazy fast offense right now. Like uh, I can't think of any teams that are just like outstandingly fast um, other than maybe the, the heat in terms of their three point shooting. But besides that, I don't know 
like else? no team motor teams just take it slow almost. yeah they don't have that fast break offense so if if they get that fast offense that will be like something that's going to make them different and make them probably better than a lot of teams and probably raise them in my idea of uh, where they stand so um yeah interesting and uh, I wanted to go to the 76ers because we both just love the 76ers, don't we? <laughs> so um, 76ers. It's a place in your heart. Yeah, 76ers have hired former Rockets GM. Um, completely forgot his name right now. But <laughs> he is now the 76ers president and head of basketball operations, which is very interesting because he is very into analytics. He's very... Um, number centric any uh he like prizes the three-point shooting that's why the rockets are so focused on three-point shooting and small ball is because he kind of put that in motion so that is very interesting because the 76ers are the complete opposite of that <laughs> like they are no they three do point not shooting shoot. they're big ball exactly so i don't know how that's going to correlate um like what uh, the only way you can incorporate it is if you trade one of the two big men and Peter Simmons. True. The, like, so Brett Brown is still the GM, from what I know. Still the GM of the 76ers. But So he was the head coach and GM, but he's still the GM. Brett, wait, no, Brett Brown. Wait. Hold on. Brett I was going to say Brett Brown got fired. Brett Brown was the head coach. <laughs> I forget the yeah. name. It's a very similar name for the GM, but the GM okay. is still there is what I'm saying. So they're trying to push out the GM, which is interesting because they're just hiring a new president, even though I think he's going to just take over the GM job once right. uh, they successfully push out. What's his name? Which is interesting because I don't know what, um, what, like they could do with that just mess of a team because I wanted to talk to you about uh like the is are the relation like so he has a good relationship with Doc that is important mm -hmm. but do you think it's important enough to bring in someone who's gonna completely like reroute this team like completely just like you could bring in a new GM yeah like what they did is bring a new 76 hey. president it could, but then you look at, I think the players need to have better relationships. That's, True. that's what I think the big key, like, okay, sure. You can have a good relationship with the president mm -hmm. and the head coach, but other than that, it's got to be the players that have good relationships. Yeah. But do you, um, so if, if he messes around and like kind of just reorganizes his team, do you think he can like, cause there's weird contracts in there. There's Horford having a crazy big contract. There's, and Bede and Simmons both being tied to this organization. I don't I don't know what the what do you think he'll do in order to fulfill his want for three point shooting and if he wants three point shooting, he's gonna trade Ben Simmons. That's gonna be over Embiid. Yes. Hmm. hmm. But if you want to build on the future, you would stick with Simmons. Yeah, that's what Embiid. I'm thinking. I think try to develop Simmons shooting that will never happen. Well, I think he could try. <laughs> I think he he'll take that over Embiid because Embiid, like we said last episode, is very streaky and he's just inconsistent. And I don't think anybody who loves analytics and high efficiency is going to want someone who's just inconsistent. Right. So 
yeah, I just really struggle with the 76ers and what moves they're taking because they're making the right moves, but their team is staying the same. <laughs> and I don't understand how like, we get it. The free agency just started, but like you make these moves. Yeah, I, I just don't understand what's going on. Um, anyway, uh, who who do you think the 76ers – I know we just said this, but realistically proven based off of their um, their production, who would you get rid of in terms of Embiid or Simmons and why? Big explanation time. So it's hard. Both of them, too, you have to realize they both have injury history, too. True. And Ben Simmons just came off knee surgery, right? Yeah. That's going to be tough. I think if I'm the Sixers, I would trade Embiid just mm. because, like, okay, we know he's probably one of the best centers in the league, but, like, other than that, he doesn't perform the best every night. Yeah. Do you think he's toxic? I think he is a little – I think there is a little locker room cancer with it. Well, I think Ben Simmons, you can see he passes more. He's more of a team player. Yeah, yeah. Like he like, doesn't want that star player role. Like five assists so think, or something like that. I think he could be developed more and be a better player for the Sixers. Nice. I agree, but I just – in terms of right now production, which is what they're so focused on, well, well maybe not anymore. But I, I keep Embiid just because of his raw talent. And you can kind of get him to – I think it's easier to get him to get right instead of getting Simmons to shoot threes. And I think the only reason why I keep Simmons is to get him to shoot threes. So I, it's a hard one. But, yeah, I keep Embiid. Um, so uh, let's go down to Rumorville for a little bit. Uh, a quick little jot down there. Um <laughs> So the Clippers are interested in Rondo. What what does that mean? And uh, do you think they could get him? See, so, yeah, I think they could get him. Like, I'm guessing he'll fill another bench role if Patrick Beverly is still the starter. Really? You don't think Patrick Beverly's going to go to the bench like, if Rondo starts? I don't know. Like, because they're both older and both still have skill, but... It's just that Brad, Beverly brings a defense. I think that could get him to be on the starting team. Mm, yeah. Well, I think it's just um, a hard pick because they're both too similar. Yeah. It's uh. Well, I'd put Beverly on the bench because of that defense, and um, put Rondo in the starting position because of his passing ability. I think um. Just him as an overall point guard, he's better than Patrick Beverly, obviously. But I think he could be put in that position, do better than Beverly, because Beverly's kind of just just defense. Like, what what is he doing on the offense that's, like, good? Uh, like, he can't dribble, can't pass, can't shoot. So, like, <laughs> if you're just relying on defense, put him on the bench. Hmm. Yeah, that would be a good defensive – that would be that would help them if they got Rondo. Yeah, it's a better point guard. And if Ron, people are saying if Rondo wants more than eight million, then the Lakers should give him up, which is interesting because that would make the Caruso the starting point guard. Ooh, so very amazing. But um, unless they get Derrick Rose, unless they get Derrick Rose, yes. Um, 
Yeah, very interesting. I, I'm kind of interested in, to see how that ends up because Rondo was a big part of that team. Like he he wasn't like no he like had JaVel some McGee. big games in the finals. Yeah, he he was no Javel McGee on that team. Or J.R. Smith, who or played J- one or minute. Jared Dudley. Like he is he was actually a contributor big time. So we'll we'll see what goes on with that. Um so Gallinari might get traded or is in trade talks or has been um in trade talks and gone away from trade talks it's been a whole to do so what what is the deal with that we're we're, because he's good he can shoot he is a Mm -hmm. solid player do you think people want to take him because he was um in line to take a Mavs trade and that fell through so what's the deal Mm -hmm. with that um I think, I think he could get. He's probably gonna get traded, but if the Thunder are like going back to rebuilding, unless they get someone good for him. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, I saw that the Heat were trying to get him. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Because then that would fill that power forward role, and you could put Bam at center. Well, Bam, wait. Bam's already at center. Who's that power forward? Oh, oh, I don't know. Power forward is um, what's his name? Oh, I don't know. Sometimes it's Iguodala, and then sometimes it's Jamal Crawford. That's his name. Ooh. So they're. That would I, fill a big void. That would that would because Jamal, I, I think it's Jamal Crawford. I think that's his name. But he him swapping out for Gallinari would be great in terms of their shooting because. He can't shoot, and Gallinari can, so that would just right. fill that void. And they're all. Well, what about would shooting. the Heat give up to get him? Crawford. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what else they'd Wait, have to give up. Jamal Crawford's on the net. I'm pretty sure he's like 40 years old. Oh my goodness! I am messing up names today. What? What is his name? It's not Jamal Crawford. It's close. I'm. Oh my goodness! Hold on. I'm trying to think because you have Duncan Robson, who's a shooting guard. Crowder, who got traded to the wait from the Grizzlies, that's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, Jamal Crawford, Jay Crowder, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Their names line up. Yeah, Jay Crowder plays power forward. Now it all makes sense. So Jay Crowder gets traded for Gallinari because Jay Crowder can't really shoot that well. But I feel like no, the Miami's gonna add like a pick or two in there because you know hmm. it's not gonna be a straight up Crowder for Gallinari because that wouldn't make sense. Why not? Gallinari's not that he's not worth that much. Well, he is, but I don't think he's gonna go for it as much as he's worth because he's he's kind of underrated. I don't know how much he'd go for, and uh, unless the Crowder's Thunder good. knows he's underrated and won't want a lot for him. Yeah, but Jay Crowder's like actually good. He's not great, but I think it's a he's that good, solid, sturdy player. I think it's an even switch to where they just they just are good in different ways. Mm -hmm. So that would be interesting. Um, Next, we've got the Mavs. Um, I don't think it was their owner, but someone in the Mavs organization said the Mavs are willing to trade anybody besides Luca or Porzingis to win. What do you think about that? That's not really, Boban. They said anybody. They could trade Boban. They could trade anybody. 
See, but it's almost like okay, they got a good, like you got a lot of good young players, like a good bench and a good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I feel like you should just stick what you have and then maybe go for Giannis. <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah. But do you, do you think that's a, a good mentality to have? Because it's kind of. It's like almost like a win at all costs. Exactly. And that's it's like that's not long term. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Very interesting. Um, I think they are gonna make some big moves if they can. Maybe this season, this off season, or next off season. It, it kind of right. depends on timing and stuff like that. But um, I want to talk about passing and all the things around passing. So. Passing is kind of an underrated thing right now because there's just a lot of people who can make them flashy passes and all that stuff. But I want to talk about how important it actually is in today's game because we see a lot of isolation right now, which is understandable. The players are very, very good. But I think um, like the teams that move the ball the most are the ones that do really, really good. It's Mm -hmm. just they don't have the clientele to break into that um upper echelon of teams and i wanted to talk about the best teams that are um really really good at passing so uh i i think the heat are up there the heat are a very good team that move the ball a lot like every it's like almost those teams that are like solid all around yeah they know each guy can score so they keep passing it yeah it's it's um it's hard because there's a lot of teams that are kind of like that, but they're just the not good Celtics enough. Celtics to... are like that. Yeah. Because um, they have that solid core around. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just hard to uh, find those teams because the teams that beat out those teams are the Lakers, the big um, ones that have, like, the best duos in the league, the best trios. Like, right. uh Golden State was like that team um, a couple of years ago where they just pass it to anybody on the court and just keep the ball moving the entire time just to get right, it. But now the they're starting to focus more on Clay and Curry. So. Now it's going to be more like the traditional, uh, like what the Lakers are doing. Get it around, but get it to this person. <laughs> right. So I think that's going to be interesting because they don't have really a bench anymore. That is good. Mm-hmm. They kind of dealt away all their pieces. Um, and now they got this young core who just isn't good. So um, that'll be very, very interesting. But uh, yeah, who? Do, what teams do you think are the best at passing and why? Yeah, the Celtics are good and the Heat are good. Those are probably my top two. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, all, a lot of the other teams are trying to run that duo yeah. setup that you're a lot talking about. the good about. teams, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the Nuggets are actually good at it. Yes, the Nuggets are very good at utilizing all their. People. You know, yeah, it's gonna be more focused. I feel like on Jamal Murray and Nikolai Jokic now. Yeah, they're, they're definitely. They were doing ISO. really good in the playoffs with mm-hmm. it. I think that's how they beat out those teams going down three-one. Yeah, is because they know anybody on this court looks a score, so they put like mm-hmm. pass attack while they'd focus on um. Maybe like Donovan Mitchell on defense because they know he's going to be the one to score. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Or Kawhi or Paul George. Hmm. Like they'd focus on that one player, but then they would be able to pass it all the way around and find the weaknesses. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, I think I think the, the Suns are really good at it. 
I, when I watch the Suns play, they're moving the ball a ton. When it's not just Devin Booker, they're moving the ball all over the place. And um, I don't see a whole lot of ISO ball aside from their big stars or rising stars because none of them are big stars besides Devin Booker. Um, uh, it's hard just because a lot of young teams do it. And I think it's because they don't have that raw superstar that's just right leading them. So I see the Bulls doing it sometimes. The Cavs um, do it because there's the no Cavs star. do it, but the Cavs are just desperate for a shot to go in. So <laughs> I think that's part of it. Um, it's it's hard because when you see what those bad teams doing good, like when um, Portland gets all streaky and they pop off like crazy, it's because of. Damian Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum playing iso ball and then outside of those two players playing iso ball for maybe 30% of the time it's the passing that kind of gets them moving it's it's weird because it's the passing that gets them moving and then it's those stars contributing to just put it over the edge right yeah it's it's hard it's it's weird because you just don't see it like and the as teams you do think. see it, they almost make it, but then they get stopped by the LeBron James teams with Anthony Davis. Exactly. Like you could see good passers on good teams, but you like don't LeBron's see. a good passer, like amazing passer. Yeah. Like don't. It's it's hard because you see Luca as an amazing passer, but I don't see the Mavs as an amazing passing team. That's the yeah. weird part. Like you and can the have... reason Luca gets all those assists is because after he starts scoring, scoring people double team him, and then he exactly. finds open people. Where that That's... basketball IQ kicks in, and um, it's interesting because it's you like the reason why there's only um, I think that system of shoot, like if you're good enough, that system of shoot and then pass once you get overwhelmed is winning in terms of the battle between that system and then just passing 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 getting it to the right person i think that's winning just because of the the, how good these players are right now like we got it's crazy because it's not just the veterans who are good it's luca who's in his like what second third year third around third year his third year we got tatum who's in his fourth year we got um Booker, who's what going in his third year, fourth year? Yeah, all these players are coming. All, up. So many players that haven't been in the league more than five years are just going crazy and uh producing what the veterans and what multiple MVPs are producing. Like Luca, right. Luca produced man, like he was putting up he MVP basically numbers. carried that Mavs team, yeah, like literal MVP numbers, and that's crazy <laughs> like now you just put porzingis on that team a healthy porzingis yes that's healthy, a scary team like i think healthy porzingis is very good like he he could get up to ad's level if he just didn't break all the time if he had that time to pro- progress as a player which he lost i think that is something that he really missed out on because he was that that's good what happens when you're on the knicks true he kind of wasted his time there but it, it's hard he got drafted there he can't really get out um but yeah it's it's very interesting to uh see just in my eyes that um passing is kind of getting pushed down for just raw talent <laughs> like right. less passing more iso ball and um going back to uh the 76ers 
and uh, that whole situation. I think do you, since Simmons is such a good passer, he's such a good downhill scorer, mm-hmm. and that kind of mesh puts them into a good team category. But MB doesn't really pass the ball unless he just doesn't get anything in the post. And outside of that, it's really nothing there. So do you think um, with uh, the former Rockets GM coming in, who really focused, like the Rockets are another team that have very good passing, but Mm -hmm. do you think he's going to bring that to the 76ers or do you think he's going to change not the 76ers? I think they'll keep the same passing momentum. Okay, because just it's not that, a lot. It's all Embiid just trying to show off, though, and like, yeah, or they're just gonna pass it to Embiid. But I think Simmons will still try to find the open guy or try to take it. Yeah, what it's what, not gonna be more focused on Embiid like it was. Well, what do you think they could get for Embiid? Do you think they'd go for another? I think star? they could actually get a decent amount for Embiid, like oh that. Mm, now here, yeah, they could. This is going to not. It could kind of help mm-hmm. if they could trade Embiid to the Rockets, who don't if they don't want to be in small ball anymore. Yeah, for Russell Westbrook. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, See, I told you that's like an iffy trade, though. That's very iffy because they're both so up and down. Freaky. Like um, then you put Ben Simmons if he doesn't want to be point guard. Or, like, put him at, like, small forward, power forward, put Westbrook at point guard. Well, I think that's the issue. He does want to be point guard. <laughs> like, I think... Bro, if, you're 6'10". That's the think. hard part, is that he does want to be point guard, and that's the problem. Um, it's just hard, because do you, do you think, it, once they get rid of Embiid, if they get rid of Embiid, do you think they're going to go for multiple, maybe, co-stars now who are going to be pushing that t- star position? Or do you think they're going to go for one big kahuna? Like, I think they could. Do, I think it'd be smarter to go for multiple co-stars. Yeah, but do you, some, that'd make it more versatile. Yeah, if you go for that one big star, teams are just going to focus on that. Yeah, and they they could build upon their bench and then get one big star. Um, because they they are really struggling with that. They're kind of quote-unquote big three setup right now because Horford is just doing horrible. Their playoff performances are just bad by everybody yeah. besides Embiid because he was the only one who was healthy outside of Simmons. And um, Embiid clearly can't carry a team. So come playoff time next year, uh, do you think if they get rid of Embiid and they bring in some solid maybe shooters – uh, I'm talking small forwards and maybe point guards or shooting guards around that. Do you think they could um, really contribute, may- maybe make it to like the second round? Oh, I think they. <laughs> so if they get like better pieces, yeah, like they upgrade their bench. Like okay. let's say um, this is obviously not going to happen, but if they get someone who's like uh, Karis Levert or Spencer Dimwitty, who's a shooter and maybe a shooting guard who can be kind of implemented into really any system. Um, do you think they could get a, maybe a couple of those or a big and then because uh, they do need to fill that big spot if they get rid of Embiid because Horford they, can't fill that. I think they could make it to the second round, but it's going to be hard to beat out 
the Nets, the Celtics, the Bucks, or the Heat and the Raptors. Oh, yeah. It's just <laughs> that top five is locked in, and they are not getting past that no matter what they do. It's crazy. Like, it's not only is did the Heat just have a crazy resurgence, but the Raptors are still good. The 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 Celtics are good. They're young and great. rising. Good. The, the Bucks, the Bucks are still have Giannis. Good. The Bucks are still gonna have Giannis next year. Like the year after is when it gets iffy. But next year, it, the Nets we know are gonna be. The good. Nets are gonna be better than the 76ers. We know that. Like <laughs> that's so gonna that's be hard. It's hard. And then get... and then on top of that, you have to beat out um rising teams and i'm talking the magic who are they made it to the playoffs so they're actually the pretty decent the bulls who i'm very interested in um yeah the just calves the the possible break 500 calves whoa um <laughs> yeah it's it's gonna be very interesting and i i can't wait to to watch the east play because so I, we know uh, the west is gonna the West is going to be interesting, too, because then you have those good teams not make it. Yeah, it's going to be hard because having a playing game, I think that brings in just such a weird dynamic because it encourages streaky teams to make the playoffs. And that could cause some problems. <laughs> like, what if what if the Suns make the playoffs and they're on their 10, that 20 streak. and they're on their like 16 win streak, which is just outstanding. And then they go into the playoffs with that streak, and then they just and beat they out get like clapped. They they beat no like what if they like beat out the Thunder, and then you're just like, oh no, what, what's gonna happen next? <laughs> like that's insane, and it's hard to um like I don't think the playing game is gonna be as interesting in the East as it is in the West because the West is far more streaky teams. Portland, right. the Suns, uh, just think about the the. No, one of these teams isn't going to make it. Portland, Grizzlies, Suns, Pelicans. Yeah. And everybody's locked in. What do you think about the Pelicans, man? Like, in terms of their playoff chances? Because everybody thinks that the Pelicans are making the playoffs. And I'm just thinking it's here, because no. because of Zion. <laughs> but do you think they can do it? Like, if they don't get rid of anybody no. and they improve, as we think they're going to do, do you think they can make it over... I- I say give them one or two more years, mm. and then maybe. Well, in one or two more years, someone might leave. Like, what if sure. what if Brandon Ingram gets fed up and wants to go to a good team? That's, That's the, the thing. Part. That's why that team, if they want to be good, all the players have that patience. Yeah. Which it's going to be hardest, I think, maybe for Brandon Ingram. But I think for Zion, that's going to be the hardest. True. That's going to actually have to – that's where he's gonna have to develop like shut down his ego and suck Mm -hmm. it up and be on the pelicans (laughs) it be on the pelicans (laughs) yeah but if he thinks oh i have to go to another team that's gonna ruin up to ruin that team but the hard part is they're not streaky like they can't just go out and beat any team so if they even if they make it to the playoffs you know they're gonna lose to the in the first round like you know that's gonna happen so what's if they stay the same, I don't see them. Like, I they need to do something. And that's why the Pelicans are so interesting is because you don't know what they're going to do. You think they're fine now, but they need to do something if they're going to be that playoff team for the future. Right. And, and I don't know what that is. I think it might be a, a solid big. Like, someone who's on a really good team right now, but 
doesn't like the atmosphere or something like that, or someone who's on a bad team and is just a, a rising star, like a um, Turner or someone like that, who is just kind of flying under the radar right now. And if mm-hmm. they get put on the Pelicans, because the Pelicans have shooting surprisingly because it was um, Lonzo at, like that's literally surprising. Um, they have Brandon Ingram, who's a slasher, who's just he's he's Kevin Durant esque in terms of he can shoot over people because of his size and in, in his position. He's got the handles, and then they have Zion, who's obviously the slasher of all slashers. He just he's a big beefy boy. Exactly, <laughs> just dives in and dunks on everybody. Um, it's and then they got their uh, their bench and that kind of thing. So. It's it's hard to to figure out what the the um, Pelicans are going to do and where they're going to lie because I think the Grizzlies are better than them. I think Portland's better than them when they're when they're in that streaky mode. I think the Suns mm-hmm. are better than them when they're in that streaky mode. So what? I don't know, man. Like I if if I personally think there's so many teams better than them and they make the playoffs, like what's the point in that? <laughs> If they make they're it to just the playing game, if they make it to the playing game, because they're not going to be higher than maybe an eight seed, like what they're going to get beat. So they need right. something, and I have no idea what that is. Because Zion can't play center, like bruh. Imagine him uh-uh. shooting for Giannis on a on a nightly basis. Like what in the world? Yeah. That's just isn't how that you works. Saw he could barely guard LeBron. Yeah, in LeBron's in his position, like. <laughs> Like I, I just don't know what they're gonna do, and they can't go small because it's too small, and they they can't really impose with big bodies, so it's weird. Right. Um, on to our segments. Said this last episode, and I'm gonna keep it going every episode. The most notorious, well-known segment of all time in any podcast ever. It's the if you're stupid segment. Everybody knows it across the world. Um, <laughs> Heard across the decades. Heard across the decades. The universe. Everybody knows it. Um, the if you're stupid segment. So, uh, what what is your pick for the if you're stupid segment? I'm gonna stress it. So if they don't trade Embiid, if the Sixers don't trade Embiid, or really Simmons, interesting. And keep if they want to win, they need to trade one of them. True, true. I completely agree with that, and uh, I think it's gonna happen. That's the weird part. I think it's gonna. I. That will change if they if one of them if either one gets traded and they stay in the East. That'll change up the East a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why they'd go West Coast because I, I'm not I'm not sure of many places that would um, West invite them. But very interesting. That would kind of mess up the league a little bit because they're really good players. It's just they're on a bad team. Yeah. So. That would be very interesting. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That's that'll be a stupid decision if they keep them both. And we have seen teams do that, like um, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, those two staying on the same team. And, like, where are they now? They're bottom tier. Like, so it's it's very interesting to um, mm-hmm. see what's going to go down. Uh, my, my pick for the If You're Stupid segment, um, um, uh let me see if the 76ers with their new gm try and go and focus 
on um, three-point shooting because I think uh, the 76ers, the people coming into the 76ers need to realize that the 76ers aren't a shooting team and they need to work around that. They don't need to uproot it and completely change it. I think it will be better mm-hmm. for them if they kind of mend with it and uh, bring in maybe one or two pieces, but not like get rid of everybody good and then just restart. Yeah, um, yeah I think that would be a very stupid decision if they kind of push this small ball, uh, uh, three-point shooting only mentality that was kind of very prevalent in the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's it's hard though. Alrighty, uh, winner bust. What you got? What I got? Where where are we going with this? What's your team? I'm gonna give you Lakers, but without AD. Without AD? Ooh. Yes. That's so a... AD. The next spot they pick him to go to is the Chicago, because but yeah, I'm not gonna talk about that. The um, Lakers without AD. Lakers without AD. I think that's a. It's hard to say, but. I'm pushing more towards bust because I think this this is hard because we've seen LeBron take LeBron James. We've seen LeBron James take literal trash to the finals. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so it's hard, but I don't think him going into what is it, his eighteenth season, seventeenth, whatever, him being older now, I don't think he has the ability to he has the ability to do it, but I don't think he can do it through an entire season, take that team to the finals in terms of he can't play 37 minutes or 37 and up minutes per game in the regular season on top of playing maybe 40. And 48 minutes like he did in the finals. In, in the playoffs. Like 48 minutes every game. Exactly. In the playoffs, pushing them to the finals. And I think the Lakers, if even if they get rid of AD, is uh, a, is only a win if they get uh, push the Western Conference uh, finals to the, the um, to seven games and then lose. I think that's the only part where it's maybe a win. Everything else is just a bust. So I don't think they can do it. See, though, I feel like Okay, I'm just, but if they go to game seven, though, I feel like that's when LeBron will kick in. Exactly. So if they go that's... to a game seven and possibly maybe lose by barely anything, um, that's that's still a win because you know LeBron could have pushed it over the hump and then mm-hmm. um, maybe lost it in the finals. But it's it's hard. Um, yeah, very very interesting. My my pick for you would be um, uh, the Clippers if they get Rondo. Uh, Clippers if they get Rondo. Because Rondo is all around good. Very good passer. Um, See, I could see that as a win because I think if they make it to the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. If they only make it to the second round, no, that's not win. But you think they can make it past the Western Conference Finals? See, that's when you have to beat like the Warriors or the Lakers or the Nuggets. I don't, I don't think they can, they could. But Paul George actually has to be good. 
Yeah, throughout the entire playoffs, not just the last couple games. <laughs> yes, he has to be good, and that's when that team can be really good. But if he's going to still be that pandemic P, yeah. they don't get past the second round. Hmm. That would be really interesting because – the ugh. Like, sure, you add Rondo, but it's Paul George still has to play. Yeah, and I think the whole the whole thing with them firing Doc was kind of just – saying oh we didn't do good because of Doc. letting the past be behind it, us yeah but i think them get ridding of get getting rid of doc was them being like oh this was because of doc it wasn't because of us blah 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 blah. but i think it's it relates to the players and it was partly because of the players paul george yeah. um kawaii kawaii was very good but kawaii not carrying this team and then their their rest of the players just not doing good enough and I don't think that's directly on Doc. So, and also, Kawhi a- needs to become a leader. Like yeah. I know he's not a big locker room present, but like, if you're gonna be the best player on the team, you should have some leadership. Yeah, you, you got it. You got to. And we we saw it with the 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 Raptors that he wasn't necessarily the leader, but he was that best player, and mm-hmm. he he brought a weird. Uh, element to it like he he pushed other players to do better and he kind of had good relationships with everybody but it didn't equate to him being the leader of the team like that's still Kyle Lowry that's still not him yeah (laughs) so so on the Clippers on the Clippers like who is the leader man because you know it's not Kawhi and then it's not in a Raptor situation where it's Kyle Lowry, because Kyle Lowry obviously is a good leader, but or their coach. So who there's who, no leader. Who, it's a bunch of who's the leader of the Clippers? Yeah. It ain't weird. Patrick Beverly. <laughs> it's not Paul George. Not Montrez Harrell. It's not him. Like, I don't get it. So I think they need that leader. And I think Rondo can bring that to a point. I don't think he is a stone cold leader. But I think he can bring that to where they have some uh, solidify, solidified kind of presence there because they need that. All right. Um, uh, we did Rumorville, jotted on down there. Uh, now it's time for the new segment that we did last uh, episode is the top 10 dive. So we did the Nets. Um, I wanted to talk about... What do I want to talk about? Um, <laughs> so we're talking all top 10. I want to talk about the Bucks and what the Bucks situation is right now and ne- what next season is going to be and uh, how they're going to pan out next season. So um, Giannis is obviously the biggest part of that team and he's the most important part. But with them possibly losing him in two years, Next season, what do you think is going to come out of him? Do you think he's going to be that another MVP and then fail in the postseason, or do you think they're going to, or do you See, think he's, do you think he's going to break the hump of not producing enough in the playoffs? See, I think he can, but I think this for the Bucks in general, this should be an all-in year. The way Giannis is talking, yeah, the way he's acting, like I would go all in and try to get other players to join the Bucks to help them win 
Yeah. Because if they don't win now, yeah, Giannis is leaving. He's gone. Like, okay, I see a scenario where if they make it to the finals and just barely get beat out like six, seven games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he'll can. stay. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's the same, oh, get beat out in the second round or the conference finals. Or yeah. Just get... It's it's hard because... Because Giannis will play at his MVP level. He's not stubborn and say, oh, yeah. oh I'm not going to play good because you guys aren't. Like he's not gonna be stubborn about it. He's gonna mm-hmm. play MVP level. You just guy that he just needs that supporting cast. Yeah, and Middleton's not enough. Um, mm-hmm. if so. if he was healthy, I think they could have pushed the. They wouldn't have gotten blown out like they did by the Heat. But um, yeah, that was. They would have pushed it, and I think it's it's hard to say that they are um such a bad team because they're not it's just playoffs come and they just freeze up because they have the bench they have the starting cast it's very good it's just none of them are playoff performers it's none. Like almost when they play those good teams consistently yeah it's it's yeah it's once they i think i think the underlying cause that nobody's talking about might be the coaching because i'm not saying that he's a bad coach he won coach of the year but because he had the most wins, and that's because of Giannis. Be- yeah, exactly. Because coaching is very, very prevalent in the playoffs. And once you have to be a good coach and um, are have to make adjustments mid-game, have to make adjustments mid-series, have to figure out how you're going to beat this defense, dependent on if they're focusing their attacks on Giannis, how you're going to talk to Giannis and tell him when to pass the ball, how to pass the ball, all this stuff. I don't know how, I don't know. Obviously I don't know the coach. I don't know how he's coaching, but I think that is the underlying reason that nobody's talking about is because they can't get through this playoffs, even though they have the best team in the regular season, they have the best team two years in a row, but they can't get past the first, second Western conference, not Western mm-hmm. conference finals. Second, Yeah. So, like, what is going on? And I'm, I'm equating that to the coaching. And I don't know what they can do with that besides him just being a better coach because they need to focus on matchups. That's the hard part is that they need to focus on building their defense and focusing on the matchups that they're being presented with. And right. I, the players can't do that themselves. Like, no, the, the coach the, needs to like watch film and understand like exactly the only player that can do that is LeBron James because of his tenure in the league and his ability to know what's going on around him. His basketball IQ is insane. Yeah, like like he'll he'll tell the coach what's going on in the court. He'll tell them what adjustments the team is making because he's just that good right. at the game. So Giannis can't do that. The and I think. I don't, I'm not telling them, I'm not saying that they should get a new coach because their coach is very good, obviously. But I'm saying come playoff time, the coach needs to. It's almost like he's getting out coached. He's getting out coached every time by pretty decent coaches, but they're not like, whoa, this is pop or this is um, Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens or this or... is uh, Nate, uh, Nick Nurse. Like, sure, they got beat out by Eric Spoltra. But and that was because uh, uh, Giannis was hurt. But I don't think they would have won that matchup either way. Even if Giannis was healthy, I don't think they would have beat the Heat because the Heat 
figured out and, kill. <sighs> that he figured out in the regular season how to walk down Giannis and the coach did not figure out how to run this team without Giannis and that's the hard part so do you think they can make a transition do you think it's possible for them to break through this mold of failing in the playoffs do you think I they think can... if it has to be one of the years that this would be the year they have to break the mold mm-hmm. but do you think like they can they... do it yes they can do it because they got Giannis, they got Middleton, they got but they're like not a bad team. It's just they can't win. Yeah, and that's why that's why I'm struggling so hard with it is because because it's it, okay. They you're have gonna the go past the. They're probably gonna be the first seed mm-hmm. again. Beat out the eight seed. It's just like you gotta get past either whoever there, the Heat, the Bucks, the Net, not Heat, the Celtics, the Nets, the yeah. Raptors, whoever's there, you have to beat them out. Like if if they if they face the Heat again, they are gonna lose that series because not because unless the coach makes adjustments. If the unless coach he makes adjustments, it's so weird because he's got to beat this smaller, weaker, um, fast-paced team. Like he's got to figure out and tell his players that they are going to shoot the three as much as they can. And you got to lock that down. You got to push them into right. the center. They almost look how the Lakers beat the Heat. Exactly. They did it by like fully covering this three point shooting and making them push it to the center. Because if your team is shooting threes and they're shooting twos, you're going to win. Mm-hmm. So if, if you stop this perimeter um, onslaught of shooting and you bring them to the center and then just put Giannis up against whoever's charging in the center, you're going to win. Right. But they haven't done that. So if they face the Heat, I think that's what they need to do. Um, if they face the Nets, what do you think they need to do? The Nets, it's the Nets. Okay, Honest is probably a good guard, KD, so that will limit him a little bit. Yeah, but you gotta watch Kyrie. That's like the big. Mm-hmm. If they want to beat the Nets, they need to watch Kyrie. Do you think they're gonna have him. to to switch around a lot, like switch? who's guarding who that kind of thing a lot or do you think think like probably because you could put Middleton on Kyrie but that's almost Mm -hmm. but Middleton yeah he needs to step up to be the second star to beat the Celtic the yeah the Celtics the Nets and the Raptors yeah it's just uh it's it's like their defense is amazing but it's also their weakness and their kryptonite (laughs) At the same time. Yeah, because of the coaching matchups. and Exactly. Like, if, like since the, the Heat's defense is so good, not because of their size, not because of their raw talent on defense, but it's because they switch constantly. They are constantly uh, switching who they're guarding. They're constantly moving around. and Their chemistry is also insane. Where exactly. They can Running zone, know. knowing what the other person is going to do, knowing what your teammate is going to do when you're in a certain situation. So, right. If the Bucks can tap into this uh, switching mentality, I'm not talking Giannis. I'm talking literally every everyone besides Giannis. If they can build that kind of core to be able to switch onto maybe two two or three different positions than what they are, they mm-hmm. can really build up their defense, and that's all they need to do. Their offense is kicking. Their yeah. offense is good. They just need to figure out the the weakness. The, the crack in their armor on defense come mm-hmm. come playoff times and i think i think the the coach can do that it's just 
will he? That's the hard part. Um, outside of matchups and outside of uh, postseason, uh, the Bucks. Do you? I want to talk season series uh, real quick, like um, when one team faces the other and how many times they play each other and who wins that mm-hmm. series during the regular season. Do you think? the Bucks are going to beat out the Lakers in the season series. If, if everything stays the same with the teams or they just build upon their players, what, what do you no. think on that? It's the reason because the Lakers are, they have too many stars like for, cause okay. I feel like Giannis m- might be able to handle kind of LeBron or AD, mm-hmm. but Middleton couldn't handle the other one. That's going to be the big. Oh, you're right on that one. Because that, yeah. Well, if if they go to a, a two two center kind of push in, like if if because Giannis can lock down LeBron, he can. Mm-hmm. But if they put in maybe Brook to handle AD, that could work. No, could, <laughs> it, I'm not saying it will. I'm saying that Brook Lopez can have that ability to. Yeah. Um, to make AD take difficult difficult shots, not every time down, obviously, because they're completely different uh, skills. But right. but sometimes he can make an influence to where if AD drops maybe twenty instead of thirty five, that's a win for them. Right. He'll still do good, but if you can put Giannis on LeBron for a solid chunk of time, then LeBron's taken out of, out of contention. And then you got AD, who has a good game, but who outside of that can push them towards a win? I don't know. Right. So it's hard. Um, it's just very hard to see the Bucks going anywhere besides stagnant or down. And like I could see them in the finals easily. <laughs> I could see them beating out their matchups easily. Right. Yeah. But it, I don't. It, it ain't gonna happen. <sighs> what What do you think? Do you think they're? I know I just asked this, but do you think they have the ability or are going to break through maybe uh, one of those top four, top five teams of the East? And I'm talking Celtics, Nets. They have the ability, though. It's just if they do it. Yeah, that's gonna be the big. Do you think they're gonna break out and do it? Like if if they don't play if they don't play their kryptonite team, which is the Heat, and they play maybe the Celtics or the the Nets, do you think they can do it? Yeah, I think they mm. can. Because the, the, the Celtics, Celtics are going to be harder because they're young, so they're going to get better. Yeah, but the Celtics kryptonite is the box. It is Giannis. So. Yeah, because okay, you guys are good. But you don't have that one guy to stop him. Yeah, and I, I think that's fine because we haven't faced him, <laughs> and like, I don't think Tatum could happen. be that guy. But well, I don't know. Giannis is. It's it's hard because the the defense on the Celtics is very good. Like a lot of two way players, and uh, Brown can lock down some people. Tatum can lock down some people. Smart is mm. very good against bigs, which is crazy and weird but he is so and then and then you bring in ties who actually had a breakout year last year i think there is a higher chance of just beating them but yeah very interesting um i think that was a good dive on the bucks 
do you think trades are going to happen? Like any huge trades to keep Giannis come uh, the season after the season? Uh, I can see a couple of trades. You think they're going to trade for point guard? What what, what position? Like I think like they might try to get rid of um, Bloodsell. Like because mm. no, Bloodsell's like been really weird. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been decent. Yeah, I think they could get something for him, like something little for their bench or some like a little bit better point guard. Yeah. Hmm. I see that happening. All right. This has been the eighth episode of the Double Dribbling Podcast. Um, yeah. Find us on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> me at Knox Thoughts. I got it right this time on Twitter. Uh, Austin is at that sports guy 79. Um, tell us if you want us to um, talk about your team, talk about your uh, all the whatever basketball, all that stuff. Uh, support us on whatever place you find our podcast, whether that be Apple Podcasts. Um, Anchor, uh, Spotify, whatever. Uh, Support us in the link that's in the description. And yeah. All righty. Peace. Yeah.